Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Vulnerable Moments with Joe, where it's real, it's raw, and it's relatable every single time. I am your lovely host, Joycelyn Ogunshala, and oh my goodness, it's so good to just be on the mic and <laughs> just be back. Honestly, I mean, I didn't even go anywhere, to be honest. It's just I've been doing a lot of reflecting, and I'm like, Joycelyn, like, what are you doing with your podcast? Like, where are you taking this thing? It's like, I upload a podcast episode, I promote for like a couple of weeks, and then I go MIA. And I really had to sit down with myself and um, think this whole podcasting thing through. Like, Joycelyn, you can't just, you can't do this. Like, you're playing with destiny, you're playing with purpose, you're playing with, um, other people's freedom and deliverance that are attached to you sharing your story. And so um, I've just decided that I'm going to go full throttle in podcasting um, because one thing that I've realized um, when it comes to pursuing anything that you want to pursue in life, whether it's um, that dream, that gift, that talent, that that, that endeavor, like whatever it is that you're trying to pursue. One thing that I realize is that if you don't really give it your all, you can never really know how far God will take you in your pursuit of that endeavor. And so I've just decided that I'm going to go full throttle and give this podcasting thing my all um, and be consistent. I think consistency is a big thing. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie here and say, "Oh yeah, I've been life has been this then and the third." No, because the reality of it is that I just I lacked being consistent in this area, which is crazy because with every episode that I would upload, the feedback that I would get would be insane. I mean like incredibly insane. And I'm just like, "Man, clearly, Lord, you have called me to do this thing for a reason because People are getting delivered. People are being encouraged. People are being inspired. People are just, I don't know, like the response has just been crazy. And I'm like, with every response that I get and I received, I'm reminded of why, like why I started this in the first place. It's so that other people can get free and delivered from me simply sharing my stories, me simply sharing my vulnerable moments with the world. And so... That is my honest response to all of the people who've been asking, like, where's your podcast? We're waiting on another episode. Um, I have been slacking and I admit to it, but we're not slacking anymore. I'm holding myself accountable and hopefully y'all can hold me accountable as well to really being consistent with this because being vulnerable isn't easy. <laughs> I'm sure we all can agree with that and attest to that fact that being vulnerable is scary. Like it's 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 scary. Um and so when someone is willing to share their vulnerable moments with the world or be vulnerable in any um aspect, it it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of strength. So um just bear with me, you guys. Just bear with me. But I do know that I'm called to do called to this. I do know that um, that this is this is purpose for me. Like this is this is I take this seriously, and I want to continue to take it seriously because I know that um, people's lives are dependent on me sharing my stories. Um, 
And so I'm just going to continue to share my stories. So (laughs) with that being said, we're just going to jump right into the whole spiel of today's episode. As you can already tell by the title, it is called My Biggest Insecurity. Okay, so you all, please bear with me as I take you all down a trip of memory lane, um, beginning in elementary school. Yeah, elementary school. So honestly, the only like grade that I remember is sixth grade in elementary school. Back then, um, sixth grade was considered uh, a part of elementary school. I believe now, um, being in sixth grade, like you're kind of classified as being a middle schooler. Um, but back when I was in sixth grade, I was in elementary school. So in elementary school, I was very like bubbly, joyful, happy, like no one could tell me nothing. Um, just very like lively, like full of life. Um, nobody can really tell me anything, (laughs) um, in a good way. It wasn't until I got to middle school and kids just were mean. Kids were so mean. Like, um, I'm sure we all have our stories of just that one kid just ruining elementary school and middle school and even high school for us all. Like just all it takes is that one person. So for me in I remember in elementary school, I, no, I'm sorry. I remember in middle school, there was this music class. Um, I remember the teacher very vividly. He was a musician. His name was Mr. Brown. Um, And I mean, just going to that class was so, it was always, I always looked forward to it because It didn't matter whether or not we were all musically inclined. The teacher just had a way of bringing us all together and making us all sound so unified when it came to singing different choruses to a specific song. It was just so beautiful. So I remember a day very vividly when the prettiest girl in eighth grade literally sat in front of me one day while we were taking a break for something, I'm not too sure. But she came over to where I was sitting. She sat right in front of me and she said, and I'm gonna say exactly how she said it, you ugly. And <laughs> while she was saying that, she was looking me dead in my face, dead in my eyes. Um, and I remember just sitting there looking her back in her eyes, dead silent. I mean, like I was just, I was mute almost because I didn't have any other word or any other voice to to tell me that I could say like, no, you're lying. Like, excuse me, like, who do you think you are? Like, you can tell me I'm ugly. I'm not ugly. I didn't have another voice that I could pick up from that would counteract what what she had just told me. And so I sat there and I allowed those words that she spoke to plant a seed inside of me. And that seed was insecurity. Um, And from that day on, I remember 
just believing that I was ugly because she told me that I was ugly and I didn't have another voice in my life um, that told me otherwise. Um, Like growing up, I never, I don't remember ever being called beautiful, like ever. Um, And granted, I love my parents so much, um, but I also believe that you can never give what you yourself don't have. And so like growing up, I never really received the affirmation that so many, um, so many of us as little boys and girls crave, like we desire um, to get that affirmation from our parents of, of them just affirming our beauty, whether you're a girl or um, just aff- affirming your strength as a little boy, like just saying like, you have what it takes, like you go, man, you got this. Or as a little girl, affirming your beauty and, and um, your parents telling you how beautiful you are, how pretty you are, how lovely you look in that dress. Um, like I never got any of that, like any of it. And so here I am in eighth grade in Mr. Brown's music class, sitting in front of the prettiest girl in the class and she tells me that I'm ugly. And what do I do? I sit there, I take what she says, and I accept it as my truth. And from that day on, I just believed that I was ugly. And I wanted to hide. Like, I wanted to be invisible. Um... And it's funny because like I actually, I actually like lived my life for like probably almost half of my life. I'm 24 years old, by the way. So I lived like half of my life thinking, almost half of my life thinking and believing that I was ugly, um, that I was hideous. And the word hideous means ugly or disgusting to look at. Um, and if you, you actually look at the first four letters of the word hideous, you get the word, you can see that the word hide is in the word hideous. Um, And so to me, I just, I thought that I was hideous. And so because I thought I was hideous, I wanted to hide. I wanted to be invisible. I didn't want to be seen. I thought that every single human being that came, um, that came in contact with me also thought what what the prettiest girl in eighth grade thought of me as well. And that was, that was ugly. Um, it was hard for me to look at people in their eyes. Like when people, um, came up to me or would have conversations with me, like I would struggle, literally struggle to look at them and to make eye contact with them. Because in my mind, I would always think that, wow, this person probably thinks I'm ugly too. This person probably thinks that I'm hideous. This guy probably thinks that I'm the ugliest girl that he's ever looked at. Like legitimately, that would be my thought process for every person that um, I would come in contact with. Um, it wouldn't fail. Like I would always think that, you know, I was ugly or hideous. And, and because of that, I wanted, I, I desperately wanted to be invisible. And so because of that, it just like insecurity seeped into every single area of my life. Like legitimately when I say that I wanted to hide, I wanted to hide. 
And the reason why I wanted to hide was because I thought that I was ugly, because I thought that I was hideous, because I thought that I was unattractive and repulsive to look at. And it's crazy how just one, it only takes one person, one person and one wrong word to really um, ruin someone's thought process concerning themselves. Um, And this is why if anybody who knows me knows that I am a very encouraging, very affirming person. I'm always speaking life. I'm very... um, optimistic, very positive, and you'll never catch me saying a negative word about anybody in my life because I know how powerful words are. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.21 that the power of life and death are in the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I don't take, I don't take words lightly. I don't take words lightly. Because I know what one person's word that was spoken into me, how it ruined me, how it affected me dramatically. And so when it comes to the things that come out of my mouth, I'm always making sure that, like the scripture says, making sure that my words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I'm making sure that my words are producing life and not death, that every word that comes from my mouth actually is actually producing life. And so, um, yeah, I I lived majority of my life just really believing that I was ugly. Um <laughs> all throughout high school like high school was such oh man like high school was very very oh I was very very shy very reserved very to myself in high school um and that was because of again I was very insecure and I thought that you know um people just thought I was ugly and all I ever wanted to be as a little girl, as a little girl growing up, and I'm sure other women can attest to this fact as well. All I ever wanted to be was beautiful. That's it. Like that's all I've ever wanted to be. All I've ever wanted was to hear, "You are beautiful." And I think sometimes as women, we we feel like we shouldn't want that or crave. Um, to be beautiful or we shouldn't want or we shouldn't crave um, to hear those words from another person. But the reality of it is that God created you to be beautiful and he wants you to be beautiful and he wants you to feel beautiful and know that you are beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with having the desire to be beautiful as a woman, as a lady, as a girl, as a young lady, there's nothing wrong with having that desire. Um, But understand that that desire needs to be met by your father in heaven. But to continue the story. So I got saved um, when I was 15 years old. Now at that time I was in 10th grade and I remember after I got saved, of course, it was the honeymoon phase and I was so in love with Jesus, so enamored by his personhood. I was eager to know him, eager to um, 
just fellowship with him and all of the things, right? Just so zealous for the Lord and so crazy in love with him. Um, <laughs> and at the time, from my own like immaturity in the faith, like I, I remember taking my insecurity to the Lord and telling him like, Lord, please do something about this insecurity. Like I want to be confident, like take my insecurity away. And me thinking that, you know, it would be like an instantaneous thing. Um, I would pray that thing, pray that prayer consistently. And then, and I'm like, wait, why do I still feel insecure? Like, why do I still feel the same? Like, why isn't anything happening? And I, this is going to sound so like silly, <laughs> but I remember like after, I think probably like a week or so, I was like, well, I guess God just wants me to be ugly then. <laughs> and it's so funny now because I look back and I'm like, wow, <laughs> I was so young in the faith, like so immature. And I didn't realize that I had to really like, first of all, sanctification is a process. Like we're all like working out, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And when you first get saved, you don't instantly like all of the struggles and the past sin that you've had. Yes, it becomes washed away and wiped away. But sanctification is a process that we have to go through daily as believers. Um, and so you're constantly being renewed. You're constantly um, being conformed to the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ, who is our big brother. And, um, as a 15-year-old new believer, um, I just really had so many different notions of God. And I thought that, well, I, I just, I guess God just wants me to, to, to feel, you know, ugly. I, I guess the Lord just wants me to be insecure. I guess this is just how he made me because I prayed for him to take away my insecurity and he didn't take it away because I'm still insecure. Um, but little did I know that um, of course, years have passed and it's almost been a decade since I've given my life to the Lord. I've grown tremendously, obviously, and I no longer think that way. Um, and I'm obviously no longer that way either, of course. But um, over time in my relationship with the Lord, I've grown to see how um the word of God is actually alive. Like it's alive. It's living. When the word of God says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is alive and powerful, it means just that, that the word of God is alive and it's powerful. And I believe there's another translation that says that it's it's alive and it's effective. For something to be effective means that it works. And so just taking the word of God and applying it to my life over and over and over again, over the past nine, almost 10 years has just been like the best thing ever. The best thing that I could have done for myself, um, really taking the word of God for what it really says. And as redundant as it may seem, just speaking it over myself. And in the moments where I'm speaking it over myself and proclaiming and decreeing and declaring the word of God over my life, 
it may sound like it's not doing any, it may feel like it's not doing anything or seem like it's not doing anything, but oh, it's doing something. It's doing something. It is doing something and it's producing power inside of you. And it's, 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 it's doing something. And, um, and I see the fruit of it now, years later of praying, um, scriptures like Psalm 139, the whole of Psalm 139, um, Description and Song of Solomon that says, "You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you." And I see the the the, the fruit of praying scriptures like Psalm one thirty nine um, that says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in Song of Solomon, you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Um, scriptures like I am God's masterpiece, and um, just all these beautiful scriptures that affirm my identity and affirm my beauty as a woman as a young lady um but it it wasn't always like that I remember there will be moments and times where I would simply just I remember there will be moments and times where I would I felt like me reading the Bible and me decreeing scriptures and me declaring scriptures over my life wasn't working. And I wanted to believe the lie that I was ugly. Like I wanted to believe what the prettiest girl in eighth grade told me, which was that I was ugly. I wanted to believe it because for so many years, I, I accepted it as my truth for so many years. And so when I got saved and I started reading the word, it was so hard for me to actually accept the truth of God's word concerning me because I had never read so many beautiful words that were talking about me. No, I had never received so much affirmation through anyone. And so it was just, it was hard for me to accept God's love through his word, through his living and breathing and powerful word. It was hard for me to accept his truth um, because I believed this lie for so many years. And um, it just becomes hard because it's like when you believe something to be true, for so long and now you're you're introduced to something else it's hard for you to like it it just becomes hard for you to accept what is presented before you because you've already accustomed to what you know you believe this lie and this is just what it is you're comfortable and I was comfortable believing it but the Lord was like no baby girl this is not who I've made you out to be not at all And I had to make a choice. I had to make a decision. And I said, you know what? I am going to choose, even if I don't feel like I'm beautiful, even if sometimes this, this, the repercussions of this seed that was planted into me in eighth grade um, is still bearing fruit in some ways where I feel like I want to hide or I want to shrink back in some different areas. I'm going to choose to believe what God tells me. I'm going to choose to believe what the word of God tells me in his word. 
concerning my worth and my value and my beauty. I'm going to choose to believe it regardless of what I feel. And I think it all boiled down to that choice that I made and said, you know what? I am altogether beautiful and there is no flaw in me. You know what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? I am God's masterpiece. And like I said, it took years of dismantling and breaking down that, that it took years of dismantling and literally uprooting that seed that was planted in me when I was in eighth grade. It took so many years, but now I can confidently say that I'm no longer that little insecure girl anymore. Um, I'm completely the opposite of that little insecure girl who used to hide, um, who was so insecure, so timid, so shy, so afraid of what people would think of her, um, who used to hide behind um weaves and honestly back when I was in high school and even middle school like weaves and wigs weren't really a thing it was more so like the invisible parts <laughs> and the leave outs that were a thing um and I didn't really wear too much weave um I typically wore like um braids and like long hair and um I found that with me wearing weaves and with long hair, I used to literally cover my face with the long hair that I was, that was on my head. And the reason why I covered my face was because I wanted to hide my face because I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't think that I was beautiful. And I know that so many women um, can honestly relate to this. Um, we hide behind weaves and makeup and all these different things, but that's a whole nother podcast because we don't feel like we're enough. We don't feel like we're pretty enough or beautiful enough. Um, but as for me personally, um, yeah, growing up, like I used to always believe that, you know, long hair suits me. Long hair is, you know, what will, is what looks best on me. Like that is just what I believed. But the reason why I believed that was because, I was using the long hair and the weave as a safety net to protect myself um, because I felt comfortable in in my shame and in my insecurity. And I wanted to hide behind the weave and the, the long hair, the long braids, the long Marley twist, whatever it was. Like I was like, I'm going to use this hair to cover my face so that people will not see, see me and think that I'm ugly. And so, um, yeah, like I I was the girl who, who swore up and down that I would never cut my hair, <laughs> never cut my hair. And look at me now, <laughs> look at me now. Um, but yeah, I, I was so insecure, so insecure. And, and fast forward to where I'm at right now, um, I see how like our insecurities if we're, if they're not dealt with properly, if we don't take them to the Lord, if we don't ask the Lord to um, heal us from, you know, the insecurities, not even just that the the fruit of the insecurity, but the root of it as well. Um, 
like let's really get to the heart issue the heart of the matter um we like our insecurities can really hold us back from becoming every single thing that Jesus Christ died for us to become. Our insecurities can really hold us back from fulfilling purpose in life. And I know for me specifically, um, because I didn't think that I was beautiful, um, because I didn't think that I was pretty enough, which is by the way, the biggest um, lie that I've ever believed about myself, which, which, which was simply that I just didn't think that I was beautiful. That has to have been the biggest lie that I've ever believed about myself, that I didn't think that I was beautiful. Um, and so I, I see how this lie, this lie has really seeped into so many different facets of my life where it has affected my relationship with God. It is reflected. Re- it has affected the way that I view myself, the way that I view the world, the way that I think other people perceive me, my friendships with people. Like there'll be moments and times where, you know, I wouldn't want to take pictures with friends because I didn't think that I was pretty enough. Um, or I wouldn't want to go out or hang out with friends because I just didn't feel, um, I just didn't feel like enough or, you know, deserving of showing my face to the public at all. Like, just to be honest, like I wanted to be invisible. I wanted to hide. I wanted to play it safe. Like I wanted to shrink back in any situation that called for me to rise up. Like I wanted to just shrink and hide and just be invisible and hide under a cocoon or in, or in a shell. And so, um, I saw how this insecurity, this this lie that I believed about myself really, really affected me tremendously. Um, and I also saw how the enemy was using that insecurity to um, feel his program and his agenda for my life, which was simply for me to be hidden all along. The enemy literally wanted for me to get to a place where I become so insecure and so timid and so weak and so shy that I never show my face to the world so that I can never become who God has called me to become. And now that I know God's purpose for my life, it's just like, wow, dang. Satan, I'm hip to your schemes and your tactics now. So you can't mess with me at all. Um, Now that I know that God actually created me to be seen, to be heard, um, and to be noticed by men, he created me to be beautiful, and God actually wants me to be beautiful, and that my purpose actually does require for me to be at the forefront. It's like, wow. I look back in retrospect, and I'm like, dang. The enemy really tried it. Like, he really tried. Like, he really tried. And so... (laughs) The the devil is such a liar, like like a huge, huge liar. And for me, I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not playing with my life. And I don't play with my life in general. But when it comes to like purpose, oh, baby, uh-uh, I don't play. I don't play. I do not play. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to play with my mind or with my identity or with um my purpose, because I know that with what God has called me to do, um, it does require for me to rise to the occasion on so many different 
um, intervals. And so, um, yes, <laughs> uh, our um, insecurities, if are not, if we don't deal with them again, I'm going to say this again, because I think it's very important. If you do not deal with your insecurities, if you do not take your insecurities to the Lord, they can really cripple you. Um, and the thing with insecurity is that it's a spirit. Let's just call it for what it is, right? It's a spirit. And that spirit of insecurity, what it does is that it it wants you to shrink. It wants to, to crush you to the point where you feel like you can never rise up and become. And you'll never really see yourself for who God has called you to be. That's what it does. And trust me, I know because I dealt with it for years. For years, I dealt with this spirit of insecurity and I saw how in my life it literally suppressed me and oppressed me to the point where I felt like this that was the life that God actually wanted me to live, a life of, of being hidden, a life of feeling um, inadequate, a life of feeling um, very low and to the ground and and just isolated from the world. Like, I, I really believe that that was the type of life that God wanted me to live. But the devil is a liar from the pit of hell. Oh man, he is a liar from the pit of hell. And so once I got my freedom in that area and the Lord began to speak to me concerning my identity, concerning my sonship, concerning my purpose and my worth and my value and my beauty, oh my gosh, like everything changed. Once you get a revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus, oh, nobody, not even Satan himself can, can tell you nothing. Once you get a revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus, nobody can tell you nothing. Nobody can tell you nothing. And so if that same girl comes up to me now, <laughs> almost, what is it? A decade, over a decade later, that same girl in the eighth grade comes up to me now, sits in front of me, looks me dead in the face and says, you ugly. I know what to tell her now. I know what to tell her. And what I would say is that, no, you're lying. <laughs> what you're saying is a lie because my father in heaven calls me his beloved and he says that I'm his own. He says that I'm chosen, that I'm righteous. He says that I am lovely, that I'm altogether lovely, in fact, and that I'm beautiful and that there's no flaw in me. He says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that I'm a masterpiece. So someone has to be lying here and I know it's not God. I know it's not my father. And so you see how powerful knowing the word of God is. It's so powerful. It's so it's so important to know the word of God because you need to have it as an arsenal. When the enemy comes in any different form, whether it may be your parents um, or an associate or an employee or whoever, whatever, that wants to come and present themselves to you and tell you lies you have the word of God to refute those lies with. And um, yeah, that's just my my biggest insecurity and my biggest, the biggest lie that I've ever believed about myself was that I was ugly. 
So yes, this was the biggest lie that I've ever believed about myself and the biggest, my biggest insecurity. I grew up very, very insecure, very, very timid, very shy. Oh my goodness. And I look back over my life and I'm like, wow, Lord, you have really done a work in me because I'm no longer that shy, timid, insecure, afraid, skeptical um, little girl that I was. In fact, I'm actually the very opposite (laughs) of that. And it's all to the glory of God. Um, And I know that many people out there that are listening can relate to um, just any insecurity, honestly, like, and your insecurity may not be the same as mine. It could be um, honestly anything. Um, And I'm sure we all have different forms of insecurity or have all have all have an insecurity in our lives. But one thing that I want to encourage you, the listener with is that um, fear is a liar. The enemy is a liar and your insecurity is a liar. <laughs> They're like, it's all just a lie. And and what the enemy likes to do is he likes to take these lies that we have believed to be our truth and he likes to cause them to make it seem like these lies are actually true when they're not. And it's all a part of, you know, his manipulative scheme. He's very, 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 very cunning in his ways, but um, don't, don't feed into what the enemy says and what he, and what he's saying. Don't, don't feed into the lies of the enemy concerning you. I encourage you to get into the word of God and allow the word of God to speak to your spirit and to encourage you um, exactly where you are right now um, in your life. Understand that God has a purpose for you and that you fulfilling your purpose has to be bigger than you agreeing with any lie of the enemy. So do not allow your insecurities to hold you back from becoming everything that Jesus Christ died for you to become. So I'm going to pray really quick because I just feel led to do so. Um, in Jesus name, Lord, I thank you. Father, I thank you for every man and every woman that will listen to this um, podcast and that are listening to this podcast, Lord. I thank you, God, because in your word it says that who the Son sets free is truly free indeed. And I thank you, God, because you have set me free from so many different insecurities. But the biggest one um, you and I both know to be true was that I just didn't believe that I was beautiful. But I thank you for, um, I thank you for delivering me from those lies. I thank you for delivering me and for setting me free and for allowing your truth to take residence in my heart and in my spirit and in my mind, Lord, to the point where it actually exudes. It's it's exuding from within me. Um, And so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you and I thank you that um, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And I thank you because the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. That also means that my testimony is a spirit of prophecy as well. And so with my testimony, I am prophesying that whoever is listening to this 
um, podcast episode that they too will receive their freedom from every form of insecurity that they may be struggling with, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you would deliver, that you would set people free from their minds, God, that you would eradicate every lie of the enemy that they have ever believed about themselves, Lord God. I pray, oh Father, that you would come in, Holy Spirit, and speak to them and that you would speak your truth, Lord God, into their hearts, into their minds, into their psyches, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would sanctify them by your truth because your word is truth. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for setting us free, for setting me free, for setting every man and every woman free that will listen to this, that is listening to this episode. Um, You're setting us free so that we can become. That's ultimately it. You're setting us free so that we can become more of who you've called us to be, so that we can fulfill the purpose and the destiny that you have placed us on this earth to fulfill. And in doing so, we give so much glory to you, God. So I thank you. I love you. And I appreciate you. And I'm excited to hear the many testimonies that will come from this episode. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Vulnerable Moments with Joe. Please do me a favor and share, share, share. Because I know that this will encourage, it will inspire, it will set somebody (laughs) free. So please do me a favor and share this on your social media platforms. Also, do not forget to like, comment, rate, subscribe to this podcast. Continue to follow our Instagram page at VM with Joe. You can also follow my personal Instagram page. That's at Joycelyn Ogunshala. That's J-O-Y-C-E-L-Y-N-O-G-U-N-S-O-L-A. And yes, feel free to shoot me a DM with your response to this episode. I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, And yeah, I think that's all I have for now. Until the next episode, toodles.